This is Hope FM. My focus in this hour of the programme uh, is on Compassion UK and I'm delighted uh, that Mike Robbins, who's a, a senior partnership manager, currently on furlough like so many others, uh, uh, joins me now. Good morning to you, Mike. Good morning. Good morning, Blair. Lovely to be here. So being, being on furlough, are you leading the life of leisure? Uh, well, uh, I've got to be careful what I say because I think my wife will be listening. Um, she'll have the li- she'll like, have the I'd list like... standing by. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. I. I. No. 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 I'm working really hard because I've got I've got other areas that I work in uh, with the movement that I serve and so on and so on and so on. Uh, so been very very busy to be honest. Um, it's kind of business as usual but not doing the usual job. I'm definitely on furlough from Compassion, so I'm here yeah. kind of in my own right as a guest who happens mm-hmm. to work for Compassion, but yeah, mm-hmm. very busy. Now, tell us a little bit about, just very briefly about, because obviously we're going to focus on, on the amazing work uh, that you and your colleagues uh, do throughout uh, this hour, but for the uninitiated, just tell us a little bit about what, what Compassion is and what it does. Right, so Compassion work with um, children in extreme poverty, uh, And extreme poverty, of course, is not just kids that are hard up. Um, These are extreme poverty um, is defined as people who live under $1.7 a day. So it could be a whole family. Um, Generally, extreme poverty, people in extreme poverty have no water. They will collect their water from, uh, uh, you know, an external source, be, be that a pond or whatever. Uh, generally, they don't have uh, toilet facilities. Education will be often non-existent. Uh, no medical health and so on and so on and so on. So um, within that area, uh, compassion work to lift as many children as possible out of extreme poverty. There are around about 350 million children currently in extreme poverty. Um, and what we do is, through a sponsorship program, we ask people if they can help us uh, to uh, by sponsoring a child. It costs £28 a month, and they'll sponsor a child. And then that child will be educated. They'll be connected with the local church. They'll be taught. They'll be fed. They'll be given nutritious food. And we kind of look after the four areas, the body, the mind, the heart, and the spirit. And, um, yeah, those children and their families are lifted out of poverty. And through that, we break the cycle of poverty. Christ-centered, church-centered, local church-centered, super effective. Well, Mike, if we turn the clock back, I mean, obviously we'll talk a a lot, a lot more about about compassion. But let's talk about you for a moment or two. How did your your whole faith journey begin? You were originally from Poole, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. Born in born in Litchett, Matravers. So, um, if there's anybody out there from Litchett, hi. <laughs> uh, yeah, born in Litchett, Matravers, um, and uh, I was an engineer in Paul. Um, so, uh, kind of grew up in the Paul area. Went into engineering, aerospace engineering, when I was 16 uh, as an apprentice. I worked in local engineering companies or a couple of local engineering companies until I was about 23, 24. Uh, but I had a dramatic conversion around about the age of 22 uh, and met Christ in a very, very, very radical way. 
Well, you've wet our appetite now, haven't you? So you're going to have to tell us what happened. <laughs> okay. So, um, so I, I'm, a, I'm a tall fella. So I used to be able to get into the nightclubs. In fact, I spent uh, I spent my 13th birthday in what was the Cardinal nightclub, um, and and went down a very slippery slope very quickly and very rapidly uh, into the kind of party land and party life. Uh, I met and fell in love with uh, the lady I'm married to now, Sheila. Um, but in those days, we moved in together and um, we were really, I was 19 when I met her, and we were really very destructive together, uh, insecurities on both sides and uh, drink and insecurity and anger, all that stuff uh, really, really was very toxic. And... Um, over the road from us, there was a little church called Winton Elim Church. And uh, we sent our daughter to the Sunshine Corner playgroup. Uh, not playgroup, but young people's work there. And uh, and through that, got connected with the church. Yeah. And then one day, I came home from work and my wife, or my girlfriend at the time, Sheila, said to me, uh, sit down, I've got some news for you. So I said, what's the news? And she said, I've given my life to Jesus. And it was like the worst thing I could have, I could have heard. Oh dear! Did it you know? Was, did you know oh, what she was talking about? Nah, kind of. Mm, yeah. Mm. I, I can re- I can remember thinking I, I wanted her to get sorted out. I didn't want her to become a fanatic. Mm-hmm. That was my first thought. How bad's that? And um, yeah, but radically changed our lives. We had a blazing great round. I walked out, got confronted by God within twenty minutes of walking out. Went back gave my life to Jesus, and, uh, yeah, the rest is history. Mm, amazing. Now, of course, uh, God had uh, a whole plan mapped out for your your life, and it was to take you, of course, back to that little church in Hawthorne uh, Road, and eventually, of course, into the, the, the ministry, because you are uh, an Assemblies of God pastor at the moment, aren't you? Although I know you haven't got a church as such. Yeah, no, I'm an Elim. I'm an Elim pastor. I beg your pardon, an Elim pastor. <laughs> uh, I, I should wash. So I should wash my mouth out with soap and soap and water. It's your it's your colleague uh, Tim, who's AOG, isn't it? Yeah, Tim's AOG. Yeah. So we were saved in Winton Elim Church, and um, very soon after um, getting saved, I knew that God had put a call on our lives, and so um, we trained up for ministry and got called then to Newquay to run a very, very small church. I think there were about 20, well, less than 20 people on the first Sunday evening that we met over here in Cornwall, in Newquay in Cornwall. And uh, so, yeah, saw the church. We were blessed to see the church grow um, significantly, and we planted out from here. Uh, and spent since then, I've spent my life in ministry. So I say for eight years before I went into ministry, I should probably say that. I was a Christian for for eight years uh, and then entered ministry after eight years. Did you go to, yeah. did you go to Bible college uh, during that period? Ouch. No. <laughs> no, but I, but, I, but I have studied since. I've got my degree. <laughs> but no, I didn't. No, no, I didn't. I was, I was one of those... Um, people i just had a very clear call we applied for bible college uh, but sheila fell pregnant with our fourth son joe and so bible college deferred us the college deferred us 
Um, so I engaged myself with my work. I started working for a big Austrian company and earned a lot of money, had a nice car, great lifestyle, and kind of thought, well, that's it, ministry's gone. And then um, three years later, uh, there's that spiritual knock at the door where kind of God said to me, you remember you said you give me your life? Well, I've call- I'm calling you now. Now I want you to give up all that, and I want you to come into ministry, which we did at, New- at um, Winton for one year, and then we were called to, to Newquay in Cornwall. Hope FM, Faith-Filled Radio. And of course my focus this hour is on Compassion UK and talking uh, uh, to uh, Mike, Mike Robbins, who's the Senior Partner Partnership Manager uh, uh, currently on furlough at the moment along with uh, so many others. But of course as you heard early on he's an Elam uh, Minister. And uh, and where are you working Mike? You would have uh, Southern Region Leadership uh, Team Membership Responsibility. So I think I've got it all in there. But uh, now you, when we chatted at the beginning, you talked about your church. Uh, I think it was in Cornwall, and you saw growth. Uh, now, of course, you're helping other churches to grow. So, if I was just to say to you, uh, what, what what are the ingredients that make for growth within within an individual church, Mike? Right. Okay. So that's relatively easy for me to put, but hard to do. Mm. Um. I, I, I actually run a, um, a conference. Uh, I've been doing it by Zoom. I've run two in the, in the recent kind of six, seven weeks called Breakthrough, and it's based around the journey that we went on, that I personally went on. Um, but the first, the first step really is becoming passionate for church growth. It's, it's to, um, you know, many of us go into routine and maintenance with church, and the primary thing is kind of keeping the lights on and paying the bills. Um, and those things distract us from the passion of the spirit to see the church explode into all that it, it is, that it should be in Christ. And so the first part for me is kind of degenerate. I have to come to a position in my life where up is the only option. I'm not going to keep going around this mountain. I'm no longer going to keep maintaining. I'm going to break out of this confinement. And um, Jesus has a plan for this church, and this church is going to grow. And, uh, and, and so that's the first kind of revolution, I guess. And then we, we look then at the, uh, at the area that, we, that our church is positioned in. What are the people? What are the challenges? What is God speaking into that area? Um, you know, what are the keys to the kingdom that are for that specific area? Because they're all different. Church in St. John's Wood, different to a church in Toxteth. Um, and once we locate those keys, we begin to uh, discern the vision for the church. Uh, what is it going to look like? How is it going to be? How does God want it to operate? What style of church should it be? What are the characteristics of that church that God wants the distinctive? It is, is it a social action-focused church primarily? Is it, you know, what exactly is it going to look like? And then once we do that, we then begin to take the church on the journey with us. And uh, it's all easy to say, Blair. There's I know. a lot more doing. <laughs> well, well, you've actually you've actually said enough for me to know. I'm going to have to do another program with you. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll put you know how how my church can grow. 
<laughs> with my problems, yeah. But today, of course, <laughs> we're talking about uh, another major part, of course, of your life. Normally, when you're not on furlough, being Compassion UK, what what was it that led you uh, into into the mission of Compassion UK? I've always been people based. Always known <clears throat> that God loves the one. He's interested in the one. Uh, black, white, uh, rich, poor. Whoever they are, God's interested in the one. And um, my journey really began, and I'm going to make this super quick, but my journey really began. I was, we, we, we went through three, four million pounds worth of um, kind of projects and growth and stuff in the church I was running here in Newquay. Um, and um, exhausted one night after yet another buildings meeting, we were looking at another half million pound build. And uh, I turned the television on and saw a young boy who lost his parents in a bombing uh, in a war zone. And at the same time, I came across a video, uh, a compassion video, that told the story of a young man called Richmond Wanderer. And Richmond had seen his, uh, it's on the website if people want to look at it, it's on the Uganda part of the website, but he, he talked about how his parents were shot uh, in front of him as a little boy. And he ended up in extreme poverty. They lost everything. Uh, but somebody, I think a 15-year-old girl from America, sponsored him through compassion. And suddenly he was in school. And suddenly he had food on the table. And suddenly his uh, mother was being looked after. And his brothers and sisters were being looked after. And um, to cut that story really short, uh, he then talked about how he found Christ when he was 12. Uh, at 18 uh, or 20, I think it was, he graduated. A lot of our kids go through university or through leadership development programs. And he founded a pastor's training network um, in Uganda um, and trains pastors to plant churches. Uh, and just as a sideline, he, he Facebooked out, I think, two or three months ago that he's just seen his 4,000th pastor graduate. Um, and I, I, honestly, I wept. I, I couldn't believe the power of what was then 25 pounds a month from a 15-year-old girl, the power and effect that had on a young man and the transformation kingdom ones. I was in. Compassion is it. What a fantastic vehicle that God's using to get kids not just out of poverty uh, but functioning in the kingdom and changing this world for good. I, mean, I was very encouraged actually to read that, that just in our local area, that's in the, the BH postcode area, that there are some 200 people who are sponsoring children and I guess that sponsorship is with those children all over the world. Do, do they just uh, give the, the check every month? of, of uh, is, it 20, is it 25 pound every month that they give and then do they maintain it's, do they maintain yeah time? sorry it's tw it's 28 pounds a month that, that, that now it's gone up uh, since since i joined mm -hmm. um but it, I, I still don't know how they do what they do for the money if i'm honest but that so the sponsor that that money looks after the nutrition for the child body um uh, hygiene education family health education mums and dads that money uh, gets them into school. It gives them after-school tutoring. Uh, so they get the very best results they can because education 
clearly is uh, a big key in being released from poverty. Uh, the heart, so um, it gives them face-to-face contact with project staff, so on and so on and so on. Yeah. They get letters from their sponsors, so we like the sponsors to write three times a year minimum to the child. Uh, and uh, those letters are fundamental and key, so love, heart is important. Then the fourth area, of course, is, is the spirit. So um, they're connected to a local church. They go to the local church every Saturday when there's no covid and uh, they're taught the gospel, uh, Bible study, singing prayer, and they're taught about self-worth, and values, Christian values, and so on and so on and so on. Uh, so many of those kids get saved, yeah. I was just uh, staggered. I mean, 350 million children in extreme poverty around the world. And, and your collective work, of course, is, is helping a million of those. It reminds me of that, you know, the, the starfish story, you know, where they're all on the beach. Yeah. And uh, obviously, clearly, every £25, every uh, per month, you know, that people are contributing is, is the life of, of a child. And you, of course, you said yourself that it's people that, that you're making a real difference in the lives of those children. What has it been like for them and for you, actually, through all these COVID challenges? Well, it's been pretty, obviously pretty dramatic. I mean, the the, the children can't meet as they used to meet. Uh, and I think Tim will probably, he's the expert on this. Um, so Tim will probably give you a lot better information on that. But we've, we've switched our attention now to um, survival of the family through COVID. So um, we're ensuring as, as I, I might have mentioned, that the, the rent is paid, that um, that the children, uh, are, you know, that nutrition is there for the family, that the family units of these children are protected through COVID because, um, you know, the, the, the parents will earn a very, very meagre living on a good day. Uh, now, um, so Richmond Wondera was saying the other day that where they would be planting now, in Uganda, um, they they can't plant because they're not allowed to. Um, so <laughs> there's going to be a payback for that. There's going to be nothing to harvest. Mm. So uh, that's where our attention's gone. But but I, if I can um, if I can just come back to something that you've just mentioned, I really want to thank, if I may, use this opportunity, Blair, to say thank you to the incredible people in the BH postcode and in that area. And the incredible churches that are connected with us. Um, I've preached in lots of churches now in the Bournemouth Pool kind of area and wider, of course. But I just want to say thank you. You know, £80,000 in the last uh, 12 months has been given directly through those churches to releasing children from poverty. Um, It's dramatic. I, I, I could even, you know, if you look at that in terms of food... 50,000 nutritious meals, 180,000 hours have been paid for by churches and people in the BH postcode uh, for children to spend in Christ-centered projects. Um, it, uh, over 1,000 medical checks there, 1,000 medical checks, and that can be the difference between life and death, of course, for these children. Mm. So thank you to everybody within Earshot for all you're doing for these children. It's so worth it. Thank you. Well, Mike, I'm going to speak to your, your colleague, of course, who just recently returned from 
Brazil, and I know, of course, Brazil is one of those countries that have been really, really badly hit by uh, by COVID. Uh, any final words of encouragement you want to give? I mean, I know that you you normally you would normally be visiting those churches and and encouraging others to join the the. the the, the band of people who are already giving to make a huge difference in the lives of those those children that you, you talked about. But what would be your final word to us? Uh, I reckon my final word is, um, number one, pray. Please pray. Pray for the children. Pray for their families. Pray that God will protect them through this. These, these are the most vulnerable people on the entire planet. Pray that that they will be kept safe. Please, please pray for the workers and the teams uh, who are in the field that Tim will be talking about in a moment or two. Please pray for them, that God will protect them and keep them safe. And the country directors that are going to make these dreadfully difficult decisions through these awkward times. And and please, if I can ask, please also pray for uh, the Compassion UK team, you know, the trustees and the directors of Compassion UK, they're having to make decisions, the like of which they, you know, they, they've never known, would never would have dreamt they'd have to make, you know, the difficult decisions that they're making. So please pray. And of course, on a practical front, and this is not for me to say because I'm on furlough, but I'm sure Tim's going to mention this. But if you can help, please do, because we we are so frustrated that there's so much to do and so little resource to do it with and so uh, i think tim's probably going to mention there's a covid 19 appeal specifically for this and we're still obviously looking for sponsors for children uh, so i can't mention that officially so i'm not tim will but but please mm. thank you for what you're doing mm. uh, and if you can do some more that'd be fab well, thank you so so much, uh, and uh, I'm definitely going to have to get you back, Mike. And uh, so much to to talk about, and uh, and I, I mean, you may not be able to share, give all you can to compassion, but I can <laughs> on your on your behalf because <laughs> it's it's just a drop in the ocean, you know, in the sense of that million children being helped. I mean, every life totally important but of course it's in an ocean of 350 million children who are in great need in many other parts of the world for more inspirational interviews podcasts and hope fm best bits visit hopefm.com forward slash listen again